Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Love's Saboteur, written by Marie de Nerveau, a romantic western with wartime intrigue and danger. Love, betrayal, gunfights, and stolen kisses highlight this classic novel of a German threat to America's beef herds during World War II by the woman who pioneered the romantic western. Dolores Ray was the pampered daughter of the lush Southern California orchards, where the noise and battle of World War II seemed so far away, and had been raised in luxury and affiance to a man of her own kind, in whose veins flowed the blood of his titled ancestors. Roy Pelgrin had had his heart broken twice, the first time when color blindness barred him from his dream of joining the Air Force and battling Germany in the skies, the second time when his fiancée, a woman of the West he had grown up with and whose love he had believed unshakable, eloped with the lieutenant, resplendent in uniform. But Roy never dreamed that the Nazi menace might come to battle him face to face on his isolated ranch in the badlands of Wyoming, or what that meeting would portend for the United States that he loved. Together and separately, Dolores and Roy would be targeted for death, capture, torture, and worse. For saboteurs were at work, and the man directing them aimed not only to destroy the great cattle herds on which America's civilians and troops depended for meat, but their own love for each other. To survive, they would need all the courage and vision that had helped their forebearers create the West itself. Marie de Nerveau was the author of more than 20 book-length Western romances, most published during the 1930s and 40s in serial form in the magazines of the era. But due to prevailing prejudices against Westerns written by women, only a few were ever published in book form. Her grandparents helped pioneer Oregon in the mid-1800s, and their papers, as well as her own, currently reside in the University of Oregon Library Special Collections Department. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Love's Saboteur. Chapter 1. The Overland The whistle of the eastbound Overland came singing down the gap in the bighorns, galvanizing to life the motley crowd on the station platform. Nimbly sidestepping a khaki rush for the tracks, Pike Twitchell swore softly under his breath as he collided with a baggage truck. He glared from it to the oncoming engine, pushed back his Stetson from a grizzled mop of hair, and swore again, this time directing his vocabulary to another veteran cowman. Never seen such a mess. Here they send a parcel of boys out from the east to train them, and then they pile them all back again. Why the hell can't they put them through their stunts nearer home and quit spoiling the range? How are we going to win the war without beef to feed the army? And how are we going to raise the beef on a cluttered-up range with our punchers headed for Australia and Ireland and God knows where? In all the 20 years I've been foreman of the Double Bar X, i never seen such a cock-eyed world. Say, his bright eyes narrowed suspiciously. What you expecting on this train, Si? Same thing you are, I reckon, 
Sigh grinned. An employment agency on the coast wrote they was shipping in some ex-cowboys. X is the word, Pike growled. X by about a hundred years. Not that age disqualifies a man, mind you, but the last bunch they sent on was about ready for a cripple's home. What agency you been writing to? The A-1. Pike's picturesque epithet was lost in the grinding of the brakes as the train came to a stop. Damn, they promised they'd send me the pick of what they had on hand. That's what they wrote me they'd promised, Sai said coolly. Which being the case, I figured I might as well come down and do some dickering on my own. Like hell you will, of all the low-down swine. Pike gave him a shove as they both made for the train, where lines of soldiers waited impatiently for the vestibule doors to open and the passengers to get out. I have first go of these guys, get me? You... He broke off with an astounded, Who? Pop that, will you? The door of the nearest car to them had opened, and standing in it was an apparition that caught not only the attention of the two cowmen, but of all near enough to see it. A slender girl with enormous dark eyes, set in an exquisite cameo-like oval face, stood for a bewildered moment, gazing at the seething crowd. On the smooth ripples of her black hair, a black lace veil rested, drooping provocatively on her broad forehead and falling at the back over a tortoiseshell comb to her shoulders. Her dress of soft, lightweight black material was outlined at the throat by a white fichu, came into a close-fitting bodice at the waist, and dropped in full, graceful folds to her feet. A delicate color crept into her cheeks at the sudden interest focused on her. She turned slightly and spoke a few words over her shoulder, then stepped with a quick, lithe grace down the steps and waited for her companion, who was no less remarkable in her way, though far less breathtaking. A wizened little old woman with a dried apple skin and sharp, beady black eyes that darted here and there like a frightened bird's clutched a black shawl tightly over her head and followed. She was jabbering Spanish in a shrill, excited voice as she gesticulated to the porter about the piles of luggage he was hauling down for them. Maria! The girl's voice was soft but firm and produced an instant effect. She put a soothing hand on the old woman's arm and smiled reassuringly at the porter. Will you please to leave it here? We will be met. She paused and glanced about uncertainly. Her eyes fell on Pike, who was still gazing goggle-eyed at the strange vision. Perhaps, sir, you could tell me, is one here from the double bar ex ranchero? For all his sixty-five years, Pike's heart set up a wild commotion. Not only the astounding words with their liquid foreign accent, but the impact of those velvety brown eyes left him speechless for a moment. Color mounting up in a delicious pink glow in the girl's face made him realize his apparent rudeness, and he stammered out as good a recovery as the circumstances permitted. Why, why, yeah, sure, I'm from the double bar X, only... 
Ah, yes. Her radiant smile set his old heart thumping again until her next words turned the thump of pleasure into one of rage. You are one of my uncle's vaqueros, no? My uncle, he... Her eyes searched the now almost empty platform as the last of the soldiers boarded the train. He's not here. Vaquero, Pike sputtered. I'm no vaquero. I'm foreman of the double bar X. And who and... He gulped. Your uncle is. He broke off, his jaw dropping as a sudden memory hit him. Vague echoes of the range gossip, which was already two years old when he had first come to the double bar X, flashed in his mind. The old man had a younger sister who had eloped with a Spaniard twice her age. Reports had run all the way from his being a Mexican peon to a Spanish grandee with royal blood in his veins. As far as Pike knew, the sister's name had never been mentioned from that day to this, but it was a cinch this must be the daughter. Before Pike could recover enough to deal with this new angle of the situation, he caught a glimpse of Sai talking to a bunch of men at the farther end of the platform. The sight drove 20-year-old gossip, the indignity of being called a vaquero, even the senorita herself, completely into the discard. Damn that son of a gun! Pike let out a roar and made for Sai, leaving the senorita and Maria gazing after him in astonishment. Maria's shrill chatter broke out again and was still going in high when a young man, who had been watching them from the shadow of the station, stepped forward. He loomed like a blonde giant, above the slender, fragile loveliness of the dark stranger, who gazed around in startled surprise at his drawled, Maybe I can help you, ma'am? The serious, straightforward look in his blue eyes and his unsmiling gravity checked her instinctive withdrawal. I... I... Do you perhaps know my uncle, the Senor Granby? who owns the double bar X? I do not understand. She glanced fearfully towards Pike, who was still roaring and gesticulating threateningly at Sai and the men with him. Is he a little, how do you say? She tapped her forehead, her exquisitely penciled eyebrows arching above her troubled brown eyes. For a fleeting moment, the somber bitterness of the young man's expression flashed into a smile which disappeared as quickly as it had come. I reckon he may be, he answered. Yes, I know your uncle, if his name is William Granby. Yes, yes it is, she said eagerly, her eyes taking in in one dark flash his rough chaps, open neck work shirt, green bandana, and battered Stetson. You are one of his vaqueros, no? Or do I mistake again? Her eyes widened with distress at his peculiar expression. You too are a... a fo foreman? Her struggle with the unfamiliar word was as musical as her precise English. Vaquero's about right, he was saying, when Pike glimpsed over his shoulder and let out a relieved. Hi, Roller, wait a sec. Another moment, and Pike was back with them 
his blue eyes blazing with the light of battle, his gray eyebrows bristling so fiercely that Maria shrank back in terror behind her mistress. I got something here I've got to tend to, he explained with an apologetic glance at the senorita. That sigh is trying to get my punchers away, the son of a- He swallowed and turned to the girl. This here's Roy Pelgrin. He's got his buckboard in town. He'll take you out to your uncle. Roy, meet Miss, Miss. Dolores de Rio Alcadero del Rey, the senorita supplied. Pike gulped again. Yeah, sure, sure, Miss, Miss Ray. Well, I'll be seeing you. He turned and bolted, leaving Dolores and Roy gazing at each other, while Maria frowned darkly on Pike's retreating back. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Love Saboteur. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.